This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 23. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Hey, everybody, this is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co host, Brandon Turner, who's making weird, funny faces at me on the screen. What's, what's, what's that about, Brandon? <laughs> I was trying to throw you off. It didn't really work. Yeah, I'm, I'm a professional. Oh, you're a professional, huh? And I am professional. I, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up, man? We got a, we got a cool show ahead. We do. We do. Uh, I'm a big fan of our guest today. He's been on the site for a while and I've, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. So. That's good. I, I love to see you get excited. He, when Brandon gets excited, he starts like shaking and vibrating. It's, it's kind of funny. Maybe sound like, like a chihuahua. Explode. <laughs> <laughs> That's very possible. Yeah, anyway. uh, but yeah, our, our, today we got a cool show. We've got uh, uh, James Vermillion. Uh, for those of you guys uh, who don't know James, he's, he's definitely been around for a while. James is Almost one of the another one of these homegrown BP success stories, uh, as we'll probably hear about uh, later on, and uh, we'll, we'll get into him really quickly. Uh, before we do a couple couple things, the Bigger Pockets iPhone app uh, did come out uh, last week, and uh, it's been da- downloaded you know tons of times already. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, please do. Uh, you can find that at biggerpockets.com/app, or just go to iTunes and look up Bigger Pockets. Just bigger pockets with no space in between because that's our name. And otherwise, uh, it's great and the response to it's been fantastic. Uh, the show, the the Bigger Pockets podcast show, is uh, is also doing uh, quite well. We're now up to two hundred and seventy nine five star reviews uh, and one hundred and eighty two written reviews. So. Uh, if, if you have left us a, a, a rating or a review, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're now getting close to 11,000 listens per show. Uh, hopefully some of you other guys can jump on there and, and leave us uh, feedback and ratings. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. The, these things do help us better rank, uh, on iTunes. So just go to iTunes and, uh, make sure to, uh, leave us some feedback. Otherwise, We've got this thing that we do every show. It's called the Quick Tip. I went the, high there. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I, I didn't know you up. were a soprano, but I know. was. Yeah, I was a tenor in high school choir. Were you really? Well, can you, do I sound like a bass? Uh, no. no, I sound like a tenor. It's yes, okay. you sound tender as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Yes. Yes. Well, for today's tw- quick tip, for uh, those of you who are interested. Uh, today's quick tip is upload a photo. Uh, we are talking about a photo on bigger pockets for your personal profile. Uh, these things help people trust you, helps you get more colleagues, helps you find more deals. Um, preferably that photo should be your face. Uh, putting up a photo of your face will build trust. I know some of us are not as good looking as Brandon, but, uh, we still need to put our picture up. Yeah. You know, no one's perfect. Well, you know, uh, so yeah, listen, and if you're uncomfortable putting a picture of your face up, just grab a photo of, of something that, that kind of represents you, your dog or your house. Uh, you know, we'd prefer you didn't, uh, we really do prefer you use your face because it does help you establish your credibility. Um, but any photo is better than no photo. 
Anyway, that's today's semi-long uh, and verbose quick tip. Cool. Let's 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 move on. Yeah, let's move on. Do it. So we're going to move on to James Vermillion. Uh, James is today's guest. Uh, James is uh, one of two partners of uh, K&V Investment Group, LLC, which is a real estate investing company based down in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, his firm incorporates various strategies, including distressed property rehabil- rehabilitation, excuse me, uh, real estate sales and property management throughout the bluegrass region. Um, he's also a re- licensed real estate agent and is a moderator on the Bigger Pockets forums. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com bp. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So let's bring him on. James, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Brandon. Glad to be on with you guys today. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's jump in, dude. Let's uh, let's get right to the very uh, very beginning. How on earth did you get started? I know you, uh, you're a military guy. What uh, what kicked this thing off? Well, I, I got started, you know, pretty much like everybody. I inherited ten million dollars and wanted to buy some properties, so uh, just started scooping them up, and and here I am today. No, I got started. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. The, the real way most people got started. I got started. Um, Really, just by talking to a friend of mine, um, and we were always scheming how we, you know, what businesses we could form, what what you know things were hot in the market, what the newest fad was, and sometimes how goofy some of those things were. But um, sometimes we'd always come back to real estate, 
um, at the end of the day. And I guess, you know, after a couple months of doing this, we finally just said, hey, you know, we talked about enough. Let's go ahead and see if we can't uh, see if we can't make something actually happen here. So that's kind of when we decided to take it seriously. Nice. Nice. And I know you were uh, you're a military guy. So was that uh, was that while you were serving or was that previous or, or post? Yeah, it was actually right after I graduated college, I commissioned into the Air Force. And uh, the person I'm speaking about is still my business partner today, my friend Ryan Kinnamer. Great. And I had actually gone on to active duty. He was finishing up his last year of school because he's one of those smart engineer types. <laughs> um, so he was doing a victory lap or whatever. But um, <laughs> during that was when we started having phone conversations about these business ideas. So it was while I was in that kind of the initial phase started and into actually purchasing houses. Nice, nice, and and this Ryan Kinnamer. I mean, we've—I didn't even know he existed. You keep him, uh, you tie him up, and keep him away from bigger <laughs> pockets or something. I mean, what's going on here? Well, you know, I, he knows about bigger pockets plenty. Trust me, um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's too busy, uh, you know, doing other things. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll get him on there eventually. Hey, we should have had him on the show. That would have been fun, actually. We could have made fun well, of him in person for not being on bigger pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now he can uh, listen to the show later, and he'll feel yes. he'll feel yeah. silly. Yeah. Oh yeah, he will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I I guess I'm curious, what kind of stuff do you do now? I mean, like, what was your first deal, and how did that transition to what you do today? Um, basically, after we took some time to figure out exactly what we were doing, or, well, we still don't know exactly what we're doing. Once we thought we knew exactly what we were doing, uh, we decided to go ahead and start flipping. Um, so we purchased our first house. It was not the first house we tried to purchase. Of course, uh, we did the, uh, the dry runs. Um, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 times leading up to that purchase, but, uh, we finally got one. Um, it had foundation problems, you know, some basement, uh, water damage, that sort of thing. But, you know, the rest of the house was in relatively good shape minus a lot of cosmetic stuff. Um, so we bought the house. I think we paid about 87,000 for it. Um, renovation costs were right around 24,000 and then we spent you know, about 4,000 in holding. So we were all in for right around 115,000 and, um, it was only on the market when we finished, I think for about 20 something days and, uh, we sold it for 150,000 plus about six grand in, uh, seller concession. So I think we made a profit. The profit was about $28,000 on our first deal. So we were beyond thrilled, um, with how that went down. Nice. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Hey, you mentioned dry runs. Can can you explain exactly what you guys were doing there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're first looking for houses, you know, you're not going to, well, you know, maybe somebody's done it, but very few people start looking and, and get a house under contract uh, that's going to turn into a good flip, at least right away. Um, so we did, you know, we started out going to the, the courthouse auctions and we put so much time and effort into analyzing these things coming up with what the, the rehab budget would be, uh, what we could pay for it, what the you know, ARV would be. Um, so we put a lot of time in, into analyzing these things only to get to the courthouse and the bank buys it back for 20000 beyond what we could have paid or, or, or whatever. And the same thing happened with, with online auction sites. The same thing happened with regular offers. So by doing that, I mean, at the time, it was awful. You're sitting here thinking, Jesus, we've wasted hours and hours and hours. But Looking back on it, you're like, okay, well, that you know, we got pretty proficient at doing a lot of these things, and that was critical to to being able to actually do it, you know, fairly well the first time it, it went down. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic way to train, man. That's that's a good idea. Hey, really quick, 
for those people listening, ARV is after repair value, uh, and and that's just the value of the property once it's been uh, fixed up. So, um, all right, well, and let's we're we're gonna jump around a little bit here because there's a whole lot of stuff that I know Brandon and I want to talk to you about. Um, really quick, you are currently employed, correct? You've got a job. You're working a full time job while you're doing your real estate. That is that correct? Yeah, that that's correct. Okay, and then also you did start while you were serving. So not only are you currently working while while doing your real estate, but you were actually overseas when you when you started all this. Yeah, that's right. I you know when we started uh, when we were in the education phase is kind of what I like to call it. I was actually in Guam um, with the Air Force, so I did a lot of that groundwork um, and a lot of that education, and even got licensed um, by taking online courses at night after work. So nice. Cool. Is that when you found bigger pockets? That is when I found bigger pockets. Um, I was Googling something about flipping houses. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. And I came across bigger pockets and I'm not normally a huge forum blog guy, but that was one of the few that I've looked at and said, man, this thing, it's got everything I was looking for. So, um, and I've been there ever since. So and I think you are one of our uh, one of our many 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 uh, BP success stories, which is uh, why it's so much fun to to talk to you and and have you on the site and and everything. I mean, just it's it's been it's been awesome. I mean, I I've watched you from deal one till till what I I think I saw the other day you guys are on ten or I don't know what you're on now, um, but uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, we're on ten, and I told I'm tell I told you the other day or I, I posted on it. It was scary to go back and look at some of my initial forum posts. Me too. I was reading them going, oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe I asked that. I'm surprised yeah. I have any credibility around there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beauty. I mean, it y- is. You know, we all, and forget bigger pockets, just in general, we all learn, right? Everybody Absolutely. starts with baby steps. And, and, and I think for anybody listening, it's important to know that, you know, you're the prime example of there are no stupid questions, right? I mean, you ask questions, you look back, you're like, man, I couldn't believe I didn't know that. But we all, we've all experienced that. You're right. I mean, when you don't know something, you've got to ask it or figure it out. And uh, not being afraid to do that was one of the things I think that really helped us. So you're right. There are no stupid questions. Well, nice. hey, hey, did you buy any like, uh, you know, courses? You said you did, uh, you got licensed. So you were, uh, you know, a real estate agent, right? But did you do any other, I mean, like courses, guru programs, anything? Blew my life savings on a bunch of guru courses. <laughs> no, I did not. I've not spent, um, I've not spent a dollar on any kind of courses. Now that's impossible. That Hold on, well, wait. You've done ten <laughs> deals, and you, you wait because the only way to get training is to spend twenty five thousand dollars or fifty and and pay for expensive mentors, isn't it? Well, you know, that's what I heard, <laughs> but uh, that's not what I did. So I, I have not bought a course. Um, you know, obviously I've, I've bought some books and stuff and I used a library a lot and I used a lot of free college courses online. I used idea. bigger pockets. I mean, I don't understand why today you need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars that you could be buying property with to buy a course. I, I think a lot of times it makes people feel better. It gives them some confidence. But I don't, it's not necessary if you're willing to, to put in some of the work yourself because you might not get it in a packaged, you know, a neat little package that's a guru course or, a, or whatever, but you can still get the exact same information and even better information sometimes yeah. uh, for free. 
Yeah. Hey, and you wrote a you wrote a post, and and we'll we'll dig it up and we'll link to it uh, on the show notes uh, at biggerpockets.com slash show twenty three. Um, you wrote a post on uh, free college courses for real estate. I, I it was like a whole list, which which I remember was pretty cool. I think it was a blog post. Um, but uh, tell us about that because I, I think that some people might find that really helpful. Well, you know, I, I didn't. I wasn't a business major or anything. I was a political science guy. And I kind of always, looking back, wished I would have done business and taken more business classes. But as, as I got around online, I found there's, you know, it's called OpenCourseWare. If you Google it, you'll find tons of options. I'm talking schools like Princeton and Stanford. I mean, incredible schools where you can get online, take classes, and a lot of times they're the same exact classes that an undergrad or even a graduate student would be paying who knows how much to sit in and listen to. And they're getting better every day, too, because when they started, it was a lot of paperwork type stuff. You know, it's just like the lecture notes. Nowadays, you can actually go and watch the video of the professor standing up in front of a class. So, I mean, to me, why pay thousands of dollars when you can get a Princeton professor teaching you about finance for free? There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. And, and uh, I know I've, I've played around a little bit. I, I haven't fully gone through any, but I've definitely kind of snuck in on a couple of these courses. It, some of them are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, all right. Well, why don't you walk us through, you know, we, you talked about the first deal. Um, have all your deals been flips or do, have you guys done any buy, any hold, buy and holds? We flipped for about, well, I guess we've been doing this for about two and a half years now. The first two years, we fully focused on flipping. And the, the primary reason for that was it fit what we needed. So at that time, we didn't have a lot of cash. So to generate more capital, we flipped. I mean, it makes sense. But over the last couple months, really just the start of 2013, we've been uh, kind of transitioning into holding some of those as rental properties. That's cool. And, and I think that's a really good way to go. A lot of people, um, just this morning on the forums, I was talking to a guy who wanted to start flipping so he could save up money for the buy and hold. And, and I think that's cool. I mean, it's a good way to do it. If you can flip and if you can follow the, I mean, if you can treat flipping like a business and do it correctly. Um, I, I like to joke that a lot, I would say, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'd say at least half of the people who try to flip a house probably end up failing. So your chance of succeeding is probably like uh, worse than blackjack. But, <laughs> but you can like, but there's a, a a line where if somebody learns and takes the time to actually learn how to flip a house correctly, you know, it goes exponentially higher and then you can succeed um, just by following, you know, the right way to do it. So, and again, that's just the value of being able to engage with people on sites like bigger pockets and stuff. So um, going back to that first, you know, those first flips, how were you financing them? Did you guys have all cash or what were you doing? We actually got uh, financing from a small uh, community bank. And that financing, I mean, is fantastic for us because it includes uh, rehab budgeting in there. So we can actually draw that money out like a construction draw as we go along throughout the, the renovation you know, timeline. Um, so for us, that was one of the critical pieces to being able to, to continue to flip houses because we would not have had that cash. We would have had to do other things, you know, hard money lenders. You know, there's a lot of options out there, but I think that one worked really well for us at the time. And we're still, we're still doing that, you know, right now. That's awesome. What, what kind of rates were you getting on those? Uh, the rates were, I think, five and a half about. It's far better than hard money if you can it, get it. it. Well, exactly. And not, you know, not the points as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, how did you, how did you find that originally? Did you just call around to banks or? We went on a little journey <laughs> and, uh, 
Sounds like we, a long story coming. It could be, but I'll try to keep it short. We, I mean, I kid you not, we went around and I was gone at the time. So the burden of this was on Ryan. He went around to every bank, um, probably in the city of Lexington and some of the other smaller communities outside of it, um, basically telling them what we're trying to do. And at the time, I think we were both 22 or three, something like that. Um, just out of college, neither one of us had a business degree. Neither was one of us had any business ex- experience. So, as you can imagine, when you go to someone and say, "Hey, I'd like, you know, a hundred thousand um, dollars," I don't have any credibility at all. It, it's a little tough. So, um, some of them laughed at us. Some of us uh, politely well, they laughed at him. They didn't laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. That worked out really well for me. <laughs> you know, we'd be we'd be on the phone afterwards, and he would be like, "Oh, it was awful." And they were just they were laughing at me. I was like, "Ha ha." <laughs> Were they really laughing at him, though? Oh, that's true. One one lender seriously did laugh. At oh him. my goodness! Wow. So, yeah it 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 was a it was a little bit of a tough time because it's frustrating. And meanwhile, we're we're still finding properties we think we would be able to flip and make a profit on. So you kind of feel like you're losing out and you're just not gaining any ground. But if you do it enough and if you refine how you approach the lenders, and I think that's the important part, your your you know odds of success just go up. So how, how, how did you approach them? What, how did you guys end up refining that for, for anyone listening who's starting out? You know, what's, what pitch worked and, and you know, what, what's going to get you laughed out of the room? Yeah, well, at first, I'll tell you, I can definitely tell you which one will get you laughed at. And that's going into the bank and saying, we'd like to flip houses. Can you give us a loan? Because that's <laughs> just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you go in, you sit down and formalize things a little bit, maybe take a deal that you would, you know, it may have already passed up, but one that you looked at, you've already done all the analysis and you know it'll work. Or maybe one that's even out there now that you're still trying to get financed. Take that to them, show them the breakdown with the the co- the purchase price, all the costs, the, the soft costs, um, what, the, what the house is valued at when you're done. And you show that to them and say, look, here's why it would work. Here's what we're doing. And here's the preparation we've put into this. They're going to have a lot more faith that you're going to follow through and do things the right way. Well, I think the the key thing there is the bank isn't lending on a house flip; they're lending on a business. And you you, right. you you proved yourself that you were a business that you know could actually handle it. So I think that's awesome. Um, I know we talked about that with Arthur um, back in podcast uh, number six, and that was a really really popular episode too because uh, he did. I mean, almost the same story. He went around. He called. I think he said dozens of different banks and community banks around, and finally found one that was willing to work for them. And it was in a in a Walmart of all places. It was places. in a Walmart. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was yeah. a good episode. That was awesome. Yeah, with the shoe, <laughs> shoeless people. And yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, people well, can go did, back and listen to that. But. Yeah. How did you? Uh, so how did you find the deals? I know you you talked about going to the auction. Uh, were were your first deals actually from auction? Have you gotten any at auction? No, we, we've basically completely given up on that and for several reasons. Number one, it's a little tougher to do the background work on those because a lot of time you can't get into the house. It's harder to come up with the renovation you know, budget if you don't know what you're dealing with. So that was one big problem and we, we weren't really comfortable with. Number two, there is a lot of competition, or at least around here at the auctions. And, and most of it's from the banks themselves buying the properties back. And we just got fed up with spending hours and hours and hours and then getting there and zero chance. I mean, the banks are just snatching them up. And it's, it was really frustrating. We said, you know what? This isn't working. It's it's taking up a lot of time. 
and it's not worth our time to do this. So what, what can we do differently to get those deals? Gotcha. Okay. So, so what, what was the new approach? What, what are you guys doing today to find your deals? Well, most of them have actually come off the MLS. And I know, you know, if you get on bigger pockets, a lot of people will say they're just not there or, you know, whatever. And that probably is true in a lot of markets. And I will say this, it's getting much more difficult. Um, I'm spending probably five times as, as long uh, per deal than I was, you know, a year ago. But they're still there, and there's some little tricks and tips that we use um, to try to find deals that maybe other people overlooked something or they may have passed up for something they don't want to deal with. And we can say, okay, there's an opportunity here. Let's go for it and see what we can do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's great advice. I mean, you know, what works in one market doesn't necessarily work in another market. So, you know, if the MLS doesn't work in in L.A., you know, it doesn't mean it's not going to work in Dubuque if that's a real town. Um, but, but, uh, I, I, I don't mean to pry into your, uh, into your ancient Chinese secrets here, but, uh, you know, would, do you mind sharing one or two of the little, little, uh, MLS scouring tips? No, um, I don't mind sharing them, but you'd have to buy my course for a small <laughs> price of $10,000. Um, no, it's nothing special, Josh. It's, um, you know, we look for houses that, have foundation problems that people don't want to deal with that your everyday flipper who just started, you know, says, okay, that's a little beyond our scope. We look for mold issues because we know we can remediate most mold issues, you know, at a certain cost. So we look for things that other people might pass up and also houses that maybe have been on the market and the seller passed up, you know, several deals, but now they're getting a little more desperate or, you know, price reduction. So there's certain key things that we'll look for that we think give us a little better shot than if we're just searching every house that comes on the MLS. Gotcha. Gotcha. How about mistakes? Have you, uh, you know, over these, over these 10 deals, you know, are there any mistakes that really uh, stand out for you? Um, there was a lot of mistakes. I'm trying to think which one stands out. Um, I think the biggest one was probably when we first started, we didn't market the houses soon enough. And what I mean by that is, you know, we we spend two, three months renovating this house and we wouldn't have a for sale sign in the yard. We wouldn't have it listed anywhere. And I mean, looking back on that, it's like, man, we, you know, we were wasting time. We could have, we could have had it sold before we even finished with it. So yeah. I think that was a big one. We spent a lot of time that we didn't need to spend um, by, by not marketing right, right away. Yeah, and that, and we've talked about that on a on a couple of the shows. I think you know, especially with with a flip, uh, getting getting the front dressed, uh, doing the curb appeal stuff beforehand, right. and right. and uh, you know, get people excited about uh, what you guys are doing, and 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 uh, you know, you can market and pre sell. It's fabulous. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we we did that. As a matter of fact, I think it was flip number four. We, we had the buyer, the eventual buyers. We actually didn't get the contract before it was finished. But I mean, this couple literally came back, you know, twice a week to check on the progress. Um, wow. So we knew right then we had a pretty solid lead if they're out there that often. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, hey, going back a little bit to your, your partnership that you have going on here. Um, can we talk about that for a minute? Because that's something that I, I think is a huge, huge uh, important thing for new investors, especially uh, if you can't do it by yourself or you don't have the time or you're working a job. I think partners are awesome. So I guess what, why don't we just go into, I guess, some of the benefits or the challenges to that? Yeah, I wrote a blog post about this, and I think partnerships can get a little bit of a bad rap. And I kind of liken it to reviews on restaurants 
you a lot of times it's only the bad reviews that you hear about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for partnerships. There's there are partnerships all over the place that most people don't even know about that are highly successful and both people are, or however many people are completely satisfied with and are able to do things they can't do um, by themselves. But you don't hear about those because why would they really talk about it? But you hear about all the ones that go sour. So, you know, there are a lot of things um, that partnerships can provide to both people or however many people are involved that really they just couldn't do uh, as one person. And how do you guys split duties and stuff? I mean, is it everything 50-50 money and responsibilities or do you differ that up a little bit? Well, that's one thing to understand. It'll never be 50-50 at any given point in time. And anyone who wants it to be that way, you're probably setting yourself up for a disaster of a partnership. And here's why I say that. Because every person has things going on in their life at any given moment, um, whether it's family issues, work issues, whatever. There's been times when Ryan has had to take the bulk because I was stationed overseas or I was um, in the middle of Air Force training and I couldn't do some of the things I was doing. And I wasn't in the location at the time. And then there's times when we're here when he gets bogged down or has to travel with work. So I have to pick up some of the things that he would normally do. So it's never going to be 50-50 all the time. But the key is that it's 50-50 as as far as kind of the overarching, you know, you can't take a snapshot in time. You have to look at the overall thing. And if both people are 100% committed to making it work, then you can overlook the times when it's, you know, a little unbalanced. That's great advice. Great. It's like a marriage. I mean, that's the bottom line is you're, you're, you're going to have to concede. You're going to have to, you know, uh, exert uh, more than your share at that sometimes. But in, in the end, you know, you need to be willing to, to do that up front because if you're not, you know, it's not going to work. No, you're absolutely right. It's not going to work. So in terms of benefits, then uh, I, I guess, you know, obvi- the, the obvious one is going to be that, you know, when you were away, he could do a lot of the work and, and uh, vice versa. Um, are there any other benefits uh, that, that come to mind? Oh, yeah, there's a ton. Number, you know, the biggest one that we realized right away was access to borrowing power. We, instead of one person, we now have two incomes that we can borrow against. So that was, you know, one of the key things to get started because we basically co-signed the loans as individuals. The loans were to the LLC, but we had to basically, you know, sign and say, if something happens, uh, we'll pick it up. So they were a lot more comfortable knowing, okay, there's two salaries here. They could easily cover this if it doesn't work out. Um, and I'll run through a couple real quickly and stop me if I get too long winded here. But um, one big one is an extra set of eyes when you're analyzing something. Yep. When you have two people agreeing on, you know, the budget, on the purchasing price, on the after repair value, your odds that you're doing it correctly go up. Um, complementary qualities. I said Ryan's an engineer. I am not an engineer. I cannot picture um, walls coming down or walls going up or turning this into a bathroom. I mean, it just doesn't work for me, but yep. he can do that. Um, and I provide some other things, you know, some of the financial knowledge and savviness that he might not, you know, have on his own. So combined, we can do a lot of things. Um, A couple others, and I'll just read these off real quick um, that I pulled from the blog post I wrote. Um, Division of tasks, obviously, you can do more with two people. Accountability, I think is a big one. You know, you might not want to get up and go look at that house, but if someone's out in the driveway waiting to pick you up to go look at it, (laughs) then you're probably going to get up. That's funny. Actually, uh, th- this morning, my my one of my business partners woke me up at five thirty this morning to go jogging, 
And like, because it, I mean, like it's business, but it's also like we're friends. And so it's exact, I would not have done it without him holding me accountable to go jogging. And uh, I thought you were going to say Josh woke you up no. to record the podcast. <laughs> uh, he does that other weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Are you complaining that you had to get up at 530 to jog? I mean, no, no, I'm just saying my, that, that is a good <laughs> friendship or partnership. Like it, it's a really, dude, if somebody banged on my door at 530 <laughs> in the morning, uh, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly james oh, but accountability is huge, huge. yeah absolutely absolutely and the, the two other ones are confidence a lot of people just won't pull the trigger on their own they're they're too scared but if you got someone else saying let's do this man we've done every, we've done the groundwork we we know this is gonna work out i mean we you know then you're gonna say well okay even if you're a little reluctant it can get you in the door yep and then the final one is you're you're splitting the risk so the same way with the borrowing power you're also splitting the risk as well. Great list, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, now that we got the benefits, let's go to the challenges. No, but seriously, like, I mean, so the, it really, there, there are a ton of reasons to do it. Um, there are a lot of things to be wary of, of course, um, you know, some of which we've already talked about. Uh, but but for, for you guys in particular, I, I don't know if you mind sharing you know, any, any of the Beyond the, you know, hey, I'm, you know, he's got to go away or I'm, I'm, I'm footing the burden uh, for the next two, three weeks. I mean, are there any other big challenges that you've experienced? Well, you know, there's, there have been those times when I've said, this is what we need to do. I mean, this, whether it's a specific property or more of a strategy type discussion, there's been times when you're flat out not going to agree. But what you have to do is just talk it out. I mean, we, we've had conversations where, you know, we never got to throwing haymakers, but we maybe came pretty close. Um, <laughs> I would have paid to watch day, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, if we have another one come up, I'll set the webcam up and try to get it recorded. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, those things happen. And it, but at the end of the day, you both need to make the decision or however many partners are involved. And you need to stick with the decision and not blame somebody if the decision was maybe not the best one. And that's what we've done. And usually at the end of the day, Whoever was maybe against the decision at the beginning, but ended up getting on board, usually says, hey, man, nice call. That was that worked out really well. I'm glad we just talked it out and came to that decision. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I think I think a lot of newbies come on the site and they want to know their first step. And uh, not that I think a partnership is the first step, but I think it is an important step, uh, especially when somebody doesn't have money. I mean, I financed a number of deals that way as by finding a partner who had what I didn't have and I didn't have borrowing power at all. And so I'd find a partner who could actually easily get a loan and we'd work together on a project. So uh, there's a good tip for uh, new people. So um, yeah, why don't we, why don't we move on a little bit to uh, the military stuff and working a full-time job, those kind of things. But before I do real quick, a just quick plug, you can get these show notes. You can read them at biggerpockets.com slash show 23. And I did that right, Josh. You I, did do it right. I was I was waiting for you to just say biggerpockets.com slash 23, which would have been wrong. Yeah, that would have been incorrect like last week. So That's correct. Last week you were incorrect. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, now you can't make fun of me, but you still did. I, <laughs> Maybe next week, Brandon. Maybe next week. I'll, I'll do it and I won't mention it. I'll give you a it. pass. I'll give you a pass. <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's, let's talk about when you were in the military, you, you mentioned it earlier. Like how did... How do you do any investing when you're gone like that? Um, it, there's a lot of people in the military that listen to this podcast. Um, what are you, what's your advice for them? And uh, yeah, well, number one, I want to say this, and this goes for military or people working any job. I feel very strongly that you need to put that as your priority. I when I go to work every day, 
I do not want to be halfway there when I'm in the office. Uh, someone's paying me to do a job and I want to make sure I do the job and I do it well. And I work my business around that. And it's an inconvenience to me sometimes. Yes, um, it certainly is. But I think that's important because you're selling yourself short and you're hurting somebody else's business if you're not doing that. And the same for the military. You know, that that job takes a lot of dedication and it takes a lot of sacrifice. So you need to put those things uh, to the forefront or you need to to try to go full time if you're not willing to do that. So I just want to get that out there. That's how I feel about that. Um, and I don't want people thinking, oh, he does it. He probably just goes to work and uh, looks at houses on online all day. And then, you know, no. Are there some times when I might have a few seconds to write an email or make a phone call? Of course. But uh, put your job or whatever you're doing. Um, that should be number one um, as far as that goes. Great yeah. advice. Yeah, that's awesome. And you can batch things too. I mean, like I know like a lot of times I'll take just like an hour like break, like lunch break, and I'll just try to get everything I can real estate wise done in that time. And I, I think that's a good way to do it. I think I once heard that on another uh, podcast. I don't remember who said that, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There, there's a lot of lunch break warriors out there, I think, yes. who do real estate investing and they that's that's a good time to do it. Yeah. Cool. So um I guess what else do you got for people working a full time job? Since you work a full time job, um, I guess what other tips think, can you give? Yeah, well, one of the big things is you just have to manage your time and you have to implement whatever systems you can to make time management easy and work for you. Now, there's no magic bullet for that because everyone's lifestyle is a little bit different. Everyone has different, you know, priorities in their life, different family situations, but. And we're still working. I'm still working every day to try to systemize things as far as, you know, I do the, all the all the accounting and, you know, bookkeeping type stuff. Um, so I'm trying to come up with every every day ways where I can memorize transactions with our software so that I don't have to input them every month if they're the same every month. Um, you just need to come up with a way to where you can make things automate where you can. Um, and that that's what we're trying to do now. And that'll help you as you try to scale because... Like right now, we're going through a phase where we are looking to to get a little more deals at a time and get going. So if you can scale up, that automation is going to be you know very important. Well, let me let me ask you about the automation because you know there there are a number of of companies uh, and and gurus and and folks who have these automation tools that that you know are a, a one size fit all. Uh, we're gonna do we're gonna run your whole business for you through this automation tool. Um, you know, it seems to me that that those those tools are, you know, they they may be helpful, um, but you know, everybody kind of needs to develop their own systems. So so ultimately, in the end, you know, just buying a prepackaged system that somebody else created for themselves may not necessarily work for you uh, or your business. Uh, what what's your take on that? No, I agree with that one hundred percent. And kind of the way it happened with us is. You're not likely, I don't know what those packages are like. I've never seen or bought one. But what we've done is as we've grown and as we've, you know, continued to do deals, we've figured out what things are taking the most time, you know, what things are able to be automized. And we do them ourselves because, you know, there's really no need to rely on on someone else other times, of course, for advice or whatever. But you know what is taking your time and you know what you don't like doing. And so you need to come up with the solution on how you can make that easier, make it less time consuming and free yourself up for those other things. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. And, you know, when 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 new investors uh, come and ask me, they're like, hey, should I buy this? Should I buy this? I don't say no, don't buy that particular product. Um, 
because, you know, I don't have the familiarity with it. However, I do say you shouldn't buy any product. You should hold off. You should figure out what works for you, what kind of investing you're going to do, and then figure, you know, you, you need to kind of learn along the way. You know, you, you can't skip the learning part and, and just plug into a prepackaged program because you're going to miss out on, on everything that you absolutely have to know as you're moving forward with your business. Right. And I mean, as the regular forum um, people know, I speak out pretty heavily kind of against gurus and courses. I think some people might be asking, which one of the gurus beat him up and took his lunch money when he was a kid? <laughs> but it's not. And like you said, it's not that I'm saying this program's bad or this one's bad. It's just that you need to make sure you're making the right decision, especially when you're talking about thousands of dollars. And the important part to me is that you could be using to actually do what you're trying to learn how to do. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, yeah, $2,000 course will go a long way towards direct mail or towards, uh, you know, driving around. That's a lot of gas. I mean, so. Well, yeah. And then, you know, like in my situation, you throw a business partner in there. If you each have five grand, you know, that's $10,000. You could have zero between the two of you or you could have $10,000, which in a lot of areas is enough to get a loan that you could on a, on a cheap house that you could renovate and make a profit. And not only that, you just learned probably a hundred times more what you would have learned from um, buying a course. You, now you've actually done a deal. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Listen up, business owners, because I've got some quick little math for you. Fewer costs equal more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Oh, also, NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You can improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. So don't let rising costs sink your business growth. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. Are you about to sell a property? Wait like 60 seconds because this could save you thousands. Our friends at 1031 Pros have saved their clients more than half a billion dollars, with a B, in taxes with 1031 tax-deferred exchanges. 
With the 1031 exchange, you can say goodbye to the huge capital gains taxes when selling and roll your property's profit into another investment that can make you even more. Whether you're an individual investor, part of a larger group, or a title or real estate agent, 1031 Pros is ready to help. Trust me, I've done 1031 exchanges on multiple properties before, and it has saved me tens of thousands in taxes, if not more. With over 30 years of experience, 1031 Pros has handled over 20,000 audit-free exchanges, and they specialize in all types of exchanges, delayed, simultaneous, reverse, and improvement exchanges in all 50 states. And right now, Bigger Pockets listeners can get $250 off any exchange by visiting my1031pros.com slash BP. That's my1031pros.com slash BP to get $250 off today. Oh, and make sure to mention Bigger Pockets when you call. They take care of our people over there. Hey, did the I, I'm, I'm thinking back on, on speaking of money here. Um, you know, you talked about that first loan from the community bank. Uh, did did being a vet? Uh, ha, well, you weren't a vet at the time; you were active duty. But uh, um, <clears throat> you know, did did that help at all that you that, that you were serving? I mean, was there any kind of like VA concession there or anything like that? Or and are there um, programs beyond just a traditional VA loans that that might work out for flippers or investors? Well, there's a lot of things I looked at. You know, there's even a lot of VA small business loans that you can get um, if you're starting a business, whether it's real estate or something else um, that's separate, you know, from a traditional VA house loan. Um, so there, there are a lot of options. You can even get free counseling uh, on real estate and on um, on business, on accounting, on a lot of things um, if you just seek those resources out. But in our case, it didn't really help us so much because. There were two of us. We were purchasing and stuff under under a business entity. So I kind of lost some of those resources I maybe could have used if it were just me and, and doing it that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. And 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 this will probably be my last question on the military stuff. So, you know, if if I'm, you know, I'm listening to the show, I'm in Guam or or you know, Afghanistan. And by the way, we have guys who listen to the show everywhere we've got bases, which is totally awesome. And to everybody listening, thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, but uh, do you have, you know, I always send people to you. You're kind of our resident, you know, hey, you know, this is somebody from the military. Go talk to James. James has been there. He's experienced it. He's done it. Do you have any, you know, good, you know, kind of generalized uh, pieces of advice for those people, particularly those people who are currently active duty overseas? Yeah, well, number one is it can be done. I know a lot of people who did a lot more than I did with real estate while they were on active duty. I know a chief master sergeant who managed hundreds of properties while he was in the service, and he was a great, great um, service member. So he was not slacking to do that. So it can be done. One thing I do want to point out, um, and I do want to say thanks to all the service members, those on Bigger Pockets and those listening, um, or you know, veterans, um, because. I've been there and there is a lot of sacrifice um, and it takes a certain type of person to do that. But one thing, you know, people talk about common advice is buy a property at every duty location. And by the time you get out, you know, you retire or whatever, you might have 15 houses. And I think generally that's well-intended and good advice for that will work in a lot of cases. But I like to take that kind of same idea and say, keep this in mind too. They don't, you don't have to buy them where you're at. If you see a market, like maybe you like the Dallas market right now and you think for the next 50 years, it's going to be a good place to be. You can you can buy three or four there and there's a couple benefits to that. Number one, now you don't have 
15 properties spread out all over the country, you might have one or two key locations. Number two, you pick the market instead of the military picking it for you. And number three, you can really cut back on property management because you're going to be an absentee landlord probably either way because you're going to be moving around. So if you can cut down on some of those costs, that might also be a, a huge benefit down the road. Yeah, That's great advice. That's awesome. So let's, let's talk about property management a little bit. Do you manage your own properties then or do you hire that out? I do. Like I said, we didn't buy any rentals until 2013. So um, in fact, one of them we've only had um, finished and leased out for about three months. So I, I don't have a ton of experience, but what I did do was take a lot of time to figure out um, tenant screening, to figure out a lot of the things that people need to know to be an effective landlord. That's cool. Well, um, I, I I have to plug this here because you you brought it up. So I wrote a I wrote a guide a while back called the uh, Ultimate Guide to Tenant Screening. We'll link to it in the show notes. But that is by far one of our most popular posts on, on the site. Um, yeah. So if anybody wants to know exactly how to do that, you know, there's a good place to check out. And again, we'll have it uh, in the show notes at biggerpockets.com/slash/show23. <laughs> Wait, you you got it wrong. What, what was it? I I did it right. Show twenty three. We're good. So okay, so cool. So you're you're just kind of getting into, but you do manage yourself then. We do, we do for now. Yes. Okay, cool. Any uh, troubles with that so far? Anything you've been learning? No. Uh, well, uh, we've learned a ton. Um, we've been fortunate so far. We've had we had a lot of applicants to choose from, and a lot of good applicants to choose from. And one thing you know, I thought was pretty interesting. Our first house that we finish. Uh, finished, our painter ended up leasing uh, for his family. So I think if when people that you're around know you're doing a great job and that you're going to take care of them and, and do as you're supposed to, you will find that people want to live in your properties. And I think, you know, he's someone, he's been in all of our properties. He's been painting for us for a while now. And he was comfortable enough to rent, you know, rent that house out for his family. So I, I felt really good about that. And I think that kind of says a lot about how you can do things as a landlord to to really influence who comes and and stays in your properties. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how did you decide um, from flipping, moving on to uh, the rentals? How did you decide that was the the you know the first rental? How did you decide that was the one you were going to do? Like, what made that a perfect rental? You know, that's a good question. It wasn't so much that property; it was more of the timing. We have generated enough capital to where we were able to do that. Um, and I think I view real estate as often polarizing as far as you've got these groups of people who swear that their way of doing things is the best and only way to do it. You know, you've got flippers versus buy and hold guys. You've got the group that says, don't do any education, just get started, gung ho, go in there and screw it up and you'll learn. And then you have people who say, take, take 20 years and get four PhDs and then you'll be ready. But usually I think the truth is somewhere in the middle or a mixture of things. And that's how I feel about different strategies. You know, they all have benefits. They all have, you know, negatives. So why not try to focus on how you can leverage the benefits of different things and work them together and, and move forward in a way that you're, you're reaping the benefits of different things. That's great. Great advice. Great advice. Um, well, then it sounds like you are, you are, self-financing uh, your, your buying holds at, the, at this point, yeah? Well, we same lender we're using for our flips. We're actually getting commercial loans on for the rentals. Um, and what we're going to do with those, though, is we're going to basically try to pay those down pretty quickly with proceeds from our upcoming flips. So we did put more down than we do on flips. We have more equity built in. 
and why are you going to do that versus you know use use the uh, the write offs uh, on the on interest and everything else? Well, there's a couple reasons. I, I'm fairly conservative by nature, and I want to strike a balance of being aggressive, but not getting caught with my pants down, so to speak, whenever the market changes. <laughs> yep. yep. So. Yep. That's kind of why we decided, you know, yes, we might not be able to roll our cash as quickly and do more projects and build it as quickly if we do this. But by taking a little hit now and taking this balanced approach, when the market changes, because it will, it's not if, it's when, um, we'll be in a better position and we won't be struggling to figure out how we're going to keep the thing going. Great advice, man. Yeah, I love love your your balance philosophy. I I think, uh, you know, and again, yeah, I know we talk about it and almost almost too much, but but uh, you know, on on for those who don't know, the reason that Bigger Pockets was started and and that I founded it was, you know, I needed this information to help myself with my own personal investing, and and what what I didn't like about what existed at the time was I felt like it, there wasn't a balance, and and so what what we really strive for is. You know, we want every opinion. You know, I want the pros, the cons. We want the highs and the lows. We want to know everything because the more that people can see, the more different approaches that you can learn from, uh, you're going to get to make that decision. You know, so if, if I come in and I present, hey, James, I've got this opportunity, you give me one, one piece of advice and 10 other people give me 10 other opinions, I could then judge it for myself versus, you know, going to a single mentor who whose advice might be fantastic and may be dead on, but at least it, it kind of opens the opportunity to, to getting other feedback. Uh, so anyway, you know, that's, that's why I just, I love our community so much. It's, it's, it's amazing watching uh, people just absorb these varying opinions and coming to their own conclusions. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of, uh, you you had talked about getting your license uh, when you were when you were overseas. Um, have you used that? Uh, are you using that to to uh, acquire and sell sell your properties on the flips, or or was it more as a tool to to get access to MLS? Yeah, both Ryan and I are licensed, and the license I think has played a pretty important part in our business model. Uh, for one thing, we, we do use it to comp our own properties to for the MLS access. And then we also do use it to buy and sell properties. So we save a ton of money and commission on those. But I think, and I, I kind of got this idea from Jay Scott. Uh, he's the one who kind of brought it to the forefront. It's the control aspect that I think I love the most. You don't have to have someone go with you every time you want to see a house. You don't have to rely on a realtor to go back and forth with negotiations. Um, and I never really pieced that together until he said that um, in a forum post. But that's what it's all about for me. And that's what we really uh, kind of pushes us to keep doing that. And yes, I, I recommend it to people. There's a lot of different thoughts on there, but I don't really see how it can hurt you uh, too many ways. I can't find too many negatives. It's usually not overly expensive. You know, you can inactivate it basically whenever you want. So I think it's it's a good starting point. Um, and it can lead to some good opportunities. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I I probably mentioned this before, but I've taken the class now. I paid for it twice, and I have not actually <laughs> finished it yet. I, it's, it's terrible. I know. I, I did it like five years ago, and then I flipped a house. I was like, I don't need my license. I'm going to flip houses, and uh, one of my biggest regrets. And then I just paid for it again last summer, and I never finished it because 
I you should have your 5.30 a.m. running buddy come over and bang on your Tell door. Me to, and yeah. drag your <laughs> over there. <laughs> and go and study for my class. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it one of these days. But say, say you started pretty young. I mean, uh, you said earlier, what, 22, 23, right out of college. Um, yeah, what, do you, what yeah. kind of advice do you have for young, young folk? You know, one thing you hear a lot about with young people is go find a mentor. Well, that doesn't really tell people anything. How do you find a mentor? Where are they? You know, if they're not in your family or you may not know them, that's kind of hard. You know, yeah, you can go to real estate, um, you know, association meetings, but it's hard to go up to someone and say, will you be my mentor? So I kind of think p- young people do that backwards. I think if you get started and you're doing some things, I, you know, I wasn't looking for a mentor, but I've got several guys who've been in the business for years and years now that I can call and get advice from. And it's not that I went up to them and asked them, it's that they, they saw, hey, here's this young guy or these young guys out here making things happen. That's pretty impressive. You know, maybe we can do some things together or, you know, maybe you can help me with this and I'll help you with this. So I think that's where you're really going to find a valuable mentor. It's when someone else recognizes in you that you're trying to make things happen and sees skill sets and certain personality traits where they go, okay, this guy might be onto something. So sometimes you've got to do something first to get something in return, not look for something in return and promise, I'll give you something later. That's awesome. That is cool. I've always been trying to say, like, put that into words, what you just said, because that's exactly my theory. And I've never been able to say it as eloquently as you just said it. So, well, I haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was good. That was good. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, James, what about, uh, uh, you know, we are, we're, we're starting to wrap up, but, uh, tips, any any of your best tips for, for getting started beyond what you've already told us? I think, you know, one of the biggest things to get started is don't pick a strategy and try to build your situation around it. Look at your situation, how much cash do you have? Who do you know? What skills do you already possess? Who do you know that maybe would be interested in joining you? And then figure out and what your goals are. That's another big one. Where do you want to go? And then build a strat, figure out which strategy fits your needs. Because you see a lot of people saying, I'm going to flip houses. Then they tell you your situa- their situation and you go, you probably shouldn't be doing that. There's <laughs> doing something different. And then yeah. you can get there at another point in time, but it might not be the right time for you. So take those things into consideration and then figure out how you're going to get to from A to B. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's good advice. It, it reminds me of, there's, there's somebody on, uh, who, who I've seen on the site over, over a, a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, sh- she had all the best intentions and, and wanted to be this r- real estate investor and finally decided, Hey, I'm going to go out and get my license. And that was great. You know, she's got family to take care of and all this stuff. The problem was she doesn't have a car, right? Right. And, right. and so great. You want to be a real estate agent. You don't have a car. You're not, you're trying to use your real estate to help you get your car and kind of build everything up. But that's kind of backwards. You know, in order to be a real estate agent, unless you're in New York City or San Francisco, I mean, you, you need a vehicle. You've got to have one. And, and so, you know, that, that didn't work. You know, there's no way to make that function. You know, you can't be an agent and say, hey, guys, can you give me a ride to the house that I'm going to show you? Uh, you know, that doesn't Yeah, that's, fly. that's probably not going to go over too well. Yeah. So, so looking at your situation and being realistic about, you know, your financials, about your skill sets, um, I, I think is some of the best advice uh, that we've heard so far. Yeah. And I think that ties in too, back with what very beginning of the show, you're talking about going full time in that if you're full time, like you don't have to 
I mean, we look at people on the site who are full-time flippers and you say, well, I want, I want that life. And you try to build your business around that. Uh, but if you're full-time and you like your job, like there's no reason to say you can't go slowly. I mean, I think I do only, you know, one deal at a time generally. And I think you're kind of the same way and we can ramp up later, but. Yeah, well, I'm huge on that. And I've actually kind of changed course a little bit on that. I used to think I'll do this for a couple of years, build a solid base, and then I'll quit my job and I'll be a full-time flipper and I'll be making so much money. I won't know what to do with it. But now I've kind of changed in the fact that I see the benefits that having a job can can provide. And one of the big ones is we can just roll our money. I'm, we're not relying on salaries. And you'd be surprised at how fast that money grows yep. when you're not feeding your family off of it and paying insurance and all those sorts of things. So to me, I'm kind of switched to the point where I'm going to work until one of two things happens. And that's where I just cannot continue to do both. Uh, because I'm not going to do either one of them well, or it's just so much more of a financial benefit for me to leave here. But I think a lot of times people underestimate that. So I want to be very smart about making that decision. Well, and yeah. the cool thing is that, that you know, you love your job, which is great. You got a cool job. What do you, what do you, you, you get to play with bourbon all day, don't you? Play with it, drink it, uh, ship it overseas. <laughs> so, um, no, I do. I, I work for Blanton's Bourbon. So, um, I'm in the bourbon industry, and being from Kentucky, uh, that's a good industry to be in. It's a lot of fun. Um, and surprisingly, I've learned some things that, you know, I can use even in real estate investing. So, you know, a lot of times you, you can ca- kind of combine skill sets and you come out ahead um, by doing that. That's yeah, great. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I always recommend that people like do a job that you love. And if that's flipping, then flip. But if not, right. I mean, if it's teaching high school math, then go teach high school math. Like who cares to do something you love to do, but then invest on the side. So very cool. Well, should, we, trans- should we transition to these ending the, uh, the famous four? Good job. Yeah. I was going to join you there, but I didn't want to mess up the oh, flow. Oh, come on, man. Get in. <laughs> Get in on the action. <laughs> All right. So the first of the famous four is what do you uh, what do you think is your favorite real estate book, if any? I'm not a huge real estate book reader, to be honest with you. I like other mediums. I like the forums and blogs and podcasts um, and talk, just talking to people. But that's not to say I don't go and read real estate books. But my favorite, and I think the most useful, it's more of a guide, I guess, than a book, but I'll call it a book here, is the estimating uh, rehab or renovation costs. Um, I, you know, I thought I had them nailed down. Um, but after I flipped through that, I actually said, you know what? I know it's a different market, but I, I could probably do better on some of these things. So I actually used that and kind of compared and contrasted and said, and I found some savings based on that. So I'm more into that sort of a thing than reading some book that's going to get me pumped up and I go out there and, you know, do things. Sounds like you're pumped up already. I'm already pumped up. <laughs> yeah. And and that book, the uh, the estimating book, that that's a bigger pockets book, which is pretty cool. It's uh, the book on estimating rehab costs by Jay Scott. And uh, that's available at biggerpockets.com slash flipping book, um, along with the uh, book on flipping houses also by Jay Scott. Um, uh, how about your, your favorite non-real estate business book or, or you know, even one of the courses that you've kind of done online and any of those stand out? I like, I like biographies a lot. I'm kind of intrigued with different people and how, what their situation was and how they were able to turn that situation into you know, to where they ended up. 
Um, and one of my favorite biographies that's kind of business related is Titan. And that's about the life of Rockefeller. Um, I can't even think of who the author is, but that's just a great, great book about one of the most famous business people of all time. There you go. There you go. That's great. Uh, what about hobbies? I, I, I know you're, uh, you're always over at the races, man. You're a big horse guy. Well, you know, I love going to the track. That's a Kentucky pastime. Um, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack and a lot of uh, private messages with some 1-800 helplines or something. But <laughs> I like drinking bourbon and bourbon I like gambling on horse horses. Racing. So I don't know. Um, you know, maybe I'll get some help at some point. But those are two things, you know, we like to do. Me and my wife love to travel. We like to get out and about. I don't like sitting around uh, too often. So we try to stay busy and, and the horse track is one place you can find me in the spring and fall. That's cool. I've never been. So someday. Well, cool. Well, final question for today is what do you believe, uh, James, what do you believe sets apart those who succeed in this business, especially maybe the flippers, uh, but anybody really from those who don't? I found this, you know, I've listened to a lot of the podcast, actually, I think all the podcasts and I found this to be the most difficult question to answer. Um, and I think the reason is I can't think of one thing um, that does it. You, you know, there's, you see a lot of people that um, they're passionate about something. They're really passionate about something for a week until they're passionate, very passionate about something else. Those type of people will not succeed in real estate, period. Um, and you see a lot of them come and go. You've got the other people who come and expect success right away, huge success, whether they read a course, saw something on TV. So they come and they're hyped up, ready to go. And then maybe it's a little more difficult than they expected. So they tap out and decide to move on to the next uh, thing. So I think it just takes, you know, I use, I talk about balance a lot, but it takes a balanced person, someone who's willing to work hard, put in the effort, someone who's able to overcome failures and, you know, um, kind of build on successes. So I don't know if that was really an answer, but that's, no, that's great. I think it's a good, uh, good, good answer. I, I, you know, I think the bottom line is is having realistic expectations. You know, I, I think if you come in thinking, you know, having if you come in with unrealistic expectations, you're going to get slaughtered or you're going to you're going to quit. Um, and and if you come in uh, understanding that this is a business, uh, it takes work, it takes time, uh, and and you're willing to 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 put in the the work and time, and and uh, you're you're going to be fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's great. Well, James, man, listen, the fa- fantastic stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I look at you as one of, you know, our, our, our amazing success stories at, at bigger pockets. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of, of what you've accomplished and, and like to think that we, we've played some part in, in that success and, and, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to, to be hearing about deal uh, 15 and 20 and 30 and so on. And, and, uh, I'm really, I'm really happy you came on the show too. I think, I think a lot of folks, but you know, and, and I, I do say particularly military guys, but I, I think anybody who's listening, I mean, you're a young guy who's kind of, you know, you, you've really crushed it, man. And, and you're doing it while you're working at a job that you love and, and, you know, you were learning while you were overseas. I mean, you know, you're one of those guys who makes me think, you know, about those people who complain about everything. You know, it's too hard. It's too difficult. That's, that's nonsense. I mean, 
what you've done is really hard and, and, uh, you know, you've done a great job at it and, um, I want to wish you all the success. Well, I really appreciate that. I mean, that means a lot, lot to me, but you know, bigger pockets did play a huge role and I, you know, I don't want people to think I'm just shamelessly plugging bigger pockets because it's absolutely true. Um, so many times when I just had questions and even when they're little questions, you know, to be able to go to one source and know the answer is either there or it'll be there as soon as you ask it, that saves a lot of time. It, there's a certain comfort level in knowing that, okay, as, as I come across these things, I know where I can find an answer. So it has been a huge part of it. And you're right, it's not easy. But if you, if you love it, then it's a lot easier. So uh, yeah. we really enjoy it. And, and, you know, we're glad we found some initial success and we hope to, to keep it going. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, well, listen, man, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and by the way, we are not paying you to say these things and <laughs> you are not paying us for anything either. This is, this is straight up like, you know, you're, you're one of the guys around and, and, uh, we thought you'd have a lot of, val- a lot of value to share. And, and, uh, um, I don't know, man, I, I, I listen to these things and, and every time, you know, there's, there's something new that you pick up. And, and I, I think I picked up a, a couple, couple things uh, from you as well. So thank you for, for being on the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun, guys. Awesome. Thank you, James. All right, guys. And that was our show for today. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed our talk with real estate investor James Vermillion as much as we did. I want to thank everybody who's gone to iTunes and left us reviews and ratings. Once again, uh, we couldn't be where we are today without all of you guys. Uh, if you haven't yet left us one, once again, please do uh, take a moment to do that on your iTunes player. Uh, otherwise, do remember... All the information uh, talked about on today's podcast can be found on, to, on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 23. And uh, don't forget to make sure you're following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash biggerpockets, on Twitter at twitter.com slash biggerpockets, and uh, you know everywhere else. We're on, we're on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing. We're putting out lots of cool videos there. And... Uh, of course, of course, most importantly, you know, get on bigger pockets, join us, participate, engage, connect, ask questions. You know, we're, we're, we're getting close to, to thousand, a thousand new forum posts a day. We're getting close and, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, you know, jump in, engage, connect, and, uh, you'll see whether you're just learning or, or whether you're trying to do deals. Uh, it, it's, it's, a very valuable place to to uh, be a part of. So that's it. Thank you so much again. This is Joshua Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. You're going to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and BAM! 
instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.